Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us on A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. Today, we're welcoming back guest host Jody Kiracosta. Jody is the Vice President of Somebody Cares America and Somebody Cares International and has 20 years experience in disaster relief, humanitarian relief, and development with both Operation Blessing and Somebody Cares America. And she's here to share with us about the importance of shoring up those spiritual holes so that the enemy is no longer able to have a foothold in our lives. You can follow along with our episode notes at charismapodcastnetwork.com forward slash show forward slash a word in season. And be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now let's lean in and listen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray that as you listen, God has a fresh word for you today. You know, we didn't realize we had holes in our walls, but one night as we were sitting there watching TV, I saw a mouse dash across our living room floor and disappear. Not thoroughly convinced at what I saw, I hoped it was just a shadow, but the next day I saw evidence in my pantry that it was indeed a mouse. I also discovered evidence in our laundry room, and it was more than one. So I quickly purchased some humane mouse traps and mouse deterrents, putting them in various places where the mice might be, and I began catching them. Every morning, I checked the traps and took them further and further away from our house to release them. But somehow, they kept finding their way back in. I even started recognizing the same ones over and over. Eventually, I drove them to a vacant field quite a distance from home so they would not make it back. After a couple days of empty traps, I hoped the problem was solved. But as I rounded the corner to the laundry room one day, I saw a shocking sight. There was a snake. It was slithering into one of the traps, looking for a meal. I couldn't handle this one alone, so I yelled for my husband, and he came with tools to remove the snake from our house. Thankfully, it coiled up in the trap and got shut inside. That night, we tore our laundry room apart, looking for access points, and we found a few possibilities behind the washer and the dryer and under the sink, and we plugged them up good. So what does this have to do with living your faith? Well, as I was pondering this unwelcome incursion into our house, our natural defense against the things of the wild, the Holy Spirit reminded me that Satan is always looking for holes in our spiritual defenses that he can invade. The Apostle Peter instructed, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's found in 1 Peter 5.8. Of course, most of us know this verse and would never willingly open the door for the devil as a roaring lion to stalk through the door of our lives. We rightly flee from overt sins like murder, theft, and adultery. Hopefully, we're also wise enough to avoid more socially acceptable sins like drunkenness, sexual immorality, lying, unwholesome talk, seething anger, Those sins are just as destructive, and all of them can give the devil a foothold in our lives. Paul explains this to the Ephesian church, saying, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful 
for building others up in accordance to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And that's Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 31. As we know, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It says so in John chapter 10, verse 10. So giving him a foothold in our lives will allow various kinds of destruction and loss. First and foremost, he will attempt to destroy our fellowship with the Heavenly Father. But he knows, but he goes far beyond that, wanting to destroy our health, our relationships, steal our joy and finances, kill our God-given visions and dreams, and in every way possible, wreak havoc in our lives. Genesis 3.1 gives us a warning about Satan, depicted here as a serpent, saying, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And in Genesis 4.7, God explains that when we do not do what is right, sin is crouching at our door. You see, the devil is always looking for a way inside. But it's not only the big, overt sins that open the way for Satan to creep in and begin a campaign of destruction. He will take any opportunity. So we must also be alert to the little things that open us up for pesky issues, like the mice in our house, that if not dealt with, is an avenue for the serpent to slither in and cause bigger problems. Rodents in the Bible laid waste to impregnable cities, and some historians say were used to rout an entire army. Mice overran the Philistine strongholds of Ashdod, Ekron, and Gath, if we look at 1 Samuel 6, 5. And some believe the angel of the Lord used mice in the camp of Sennacherib's army to spread a plague that killed them all, 185,000 of them. And that's found in 1 Kings 19. Suffice it to say, no one wants mice infesting their home, so every crack and every hole must be shored up. Now, let's look again at verses in Ephesians 4, to see what else can open a way for the devil to gain a foothold. The Apostle Paul highlights several things we should be doing. Speaking truthfully, doing something useful with our time, sharing with those in need, building others up. These are active ways to show love for others. And not doing those things constitutes the sin of omission, which is still sin. Proverbs three twenty seven instructs us, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. So not doing so is on a consistent basis can leave a crack for Satan to exploit. Ephesians 4 also tells us to rid ourselves of all bitterness. Bitterness begins as a seed, but it can quickly overtake our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, and our motivations. It can take root if we dwell on the ways life did not go as we thought it should or someone else received a privilege or a benefit or a promotion we think we or a loved one deserve. Even when the results of an event are not righteous or fair, we cannot harbor bitterness. But we can pray. In fact, those are the very situations that cause our prayer life to deepen about things we may not otherwise pray. We must put our faith and trust in the Lord to do His work and to set things right in His time and in his way. Paul also admonishes us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, this can be a difficult concept to understand, but a footnote that I found in the Passion Translation of the Bible explained it a little bit to me. 
In the Aramaic text, that verse says, do not limit his scope. How many of us put limits on the Holy Spirit's work in and through us? Our doubt or unbelief, our pride, our disobedience can all hamper his work. Let's look at a few scriptures that talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 reads, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even the remotest places on earth. That was in the Passion Translation. Do we really share our faith with others when we're prompted? If not, we're limiting the Holy Spirit's work. Romans 5.5 reminds us, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do we really carry God's love for others, a love that compels action? If not, we're limiting his work through us. Romans 15, 13 says, May the hope of God fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we allow God's hope to rise up in us even when things look grim? If not, we're limiting his work in us. Second. Timothy 1 verses 13 and 14 instructs, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Do we value, ponder, and incorporate biblical teaching in our lives so it produces 30, 60, and even 100 fold? If not, well, you know. Hebrews 2 4 tells us, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Do we embrace, enjoy, and use the gifts the Holy Spirit has given, which are for our benefit and for the sake of the gospel? If not, we are limiting his work. We could go on and on looking at various scriptures that reveal the work of the Holy Spirit, and and I encourage you to do more study on your own, because we need a fuller understanding of his power in us and his ways so we can fully cooperate with him. When we limit his work, Satan steals so much from our lives and our future that we do not even recognize. So ask the Holy Spirit to instruct and guide you to renew your mind and give you boldness. That's something I've been praying. That way he can work in and through us without limit. It's time we plug the holes that have been allowing the devil a foothold in our lives. The good news is the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. And it has divine power to demolish the footholds of the devil. True repentance is a powerful weapon in the arsenal of the believer. When convicted of any sin, be it an outward transgression or an integrity of the heart, we must be quick to repent. The Apostle Paul tells us that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. That's in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. True repentance, which entails a turning away from sin, plugs the holes in our lives so Satan can no longer have access. When we repent, we have no regrets. 1 John 1, 9 promises if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 
Another important element is giving forgiveness. Paul implores us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 4.33 Since this comes immediately following the passage in Ephesians that reveals how the devil can gain a foothold, we can be sure there's a link. Unforgiveness breeds bitterness, anger, and rage, but forgiveness frees us from those things. Forgiveness closes the door on Satan's work and also opens doors for the gospel. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, he extends forgiveness to some who had caused him grief. He writes, Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan may not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. That's in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 and 11. And then verse 12 says, the very next verse, that the Lord opened a door of ministry for Paul in Troas. Now, let's take one more look at Ephesians 4. Paul is describing love. 1 Corinthians 13 also describes love, and we see similar things. Love is kind. It keeps no record of wrong. It never fails. Doesn't that sound familiar? There's an amazing verse in the Old Testament that tells us love covers over all wrongs. That's Proverbs 10, 12. Those five simple words are rich with meaning. First and foremost, God's love acted out in Jesus' death on the cross covers over all our sins if we confess that he is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead. And that promise is found in Romans 10, 9. Second, when we live a life of sacrificial love, we do not need to fret about undetected holes in our lives that give the devil a foothold. You see, when we love God with all of our hearts, souls, and minds, as it says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, we will know quickly when we sin because we'll feel God's sorrow. We will also be quick to repent so there's no hindrance in our relationship with him. In the same way, 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. When we love our neighbors as ourselves, we seek the best for them and will not allow rifts to develop in our relationships. Love is powerful. It's a salve that heals wounds and prevents anger from festering in our hearts. The Apostle John wrote, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's in 1 John 4, verse 7. The Message Bible writes it this way, Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. If we have a relationship with God, we can be confident of gaining victory in our lives. Just read Psalm 60, verse 12. With God, we can gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. So love like Jesus. Love covers all the holes in our lives, keeping Satan at bay. And we, who have a relationship with God, can live in blessing and victory. Once again, Jody, thank you so much for joining us. What a powerful word for us to meditate on. Maybe today, like me, as you are listening to this message, you begin to think of places and areas that you have allowed a breach in the wall, that you need to go and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to sure up once again so that the enemy can find no holes in order to get a foot in. Maybe it's a hole of unforgiveness, a hole of pride. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us those holes in our lives, those holes in the wall 
that we've allowed a foothold of the enemy to come in. And let's, as Jody shared with us, let's practice true repentance. It's a powerful weapon, and it is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given us to be able to come with a repentant heart and that He would allow His love to cover a multitude of sin, His love to come and wash over us and renew us and refresh us so that we can then go out and love others so that we can have forgiveness in our heart so that we could be kind and compassionate as Ephesians 4 tells us to do. So today as we close out, I want to remind you again that we offer 24-hour prayer line. You can call us or text at 855-459-CARE. Again, that's 855-459-CARE. You can also email any prayer request or testimonies to prayer at somebodycares.org. Again, that's prayer at somebodycares.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.